You're listening to The Jim Laird Show on Body IO FM, where health and performance collide with your host, Jim Laird. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Jim Laird Show brought to you by Body IO FM. I am your host, Jim Laird, and I am gonna. I am joined today by Dr. Patrick Davidson, who is back on the show per your requests. Thank you so much for all the feedback that you gave us on our last show. And we're going to dive into a particularly controversial topic today per your request. Pat and I are going to kind of rap about, about the juice, the steroids, the gas, whatever you want to call it. Um, and with a disclaimer, this is not, you know, we are not medical professionals. We are not um, advocating steroid use. We are just discussing, you know, creating some discussion, and maybe it will help um, people think this stuff through and make, you know, rational decisions based on what they uh, decide to do. I think it's an individual choice. It is illegal um, to buy anabolic steroids. It's, it's kind of a gray area. There's some uh, personal use stuff that's... Uh, you know, like a misdemeanor type deal, but it is illegal in this country. So uh, take it for what you want. But um, to start off, you know, this is a topic, you know, I'm really, I'd like to applaud people like Louis Simmons, Mark Bell, Chris Bell. Um, let me think of the people off the top of my head. Like I know, I know uh, Dorian Yates has been very honest about his drug use. Uh, this is kind of one of those deals where it's the fitness industry's little dirty secret. And nobody really talks about it. It's just kind of one of those. Uh, it's kind of like when I'm walking my pit bulls down the street, and uh, people are diving out of the way, and they're grabbing their children, and they think my dogs are going to eat them. Um, even though chihuahuas bite more people than than pit bulls do, but the the difference is, is when a pit bull bites you, it's like getting shot with a shotgun, and when a chihuahua bites you, it's kind of like, oh, that was cute. Um, so there's a lot of misconceptions around uh, anabolic steroids and a lot of ironies. Uh, basically, synthetic testosterone was invented more or less in the 30s. Uh, Adolf Hitler used it with his soldiers uh, to help with the aggression and uh, well-being. He also used a lot of amphetamines as well, which makes sense. I mean, if you've got a soldier who's in Stalingrad who's not eating and not getting enough sleep, you're going to want to prop his hormones up so he can continue to fight. And then after World War II, they used uh, anabolics in, uh, in concentration camps to help them uh, recover from being starved to death, to put muscle back on, increase appetite, all that good stuff. And then, of course, it started getting used in the Olympics. And then in the late 70s, early 80s, they started banning uh, anabolic steroids. And then we got the whole Ben Johnson fiasco, which, and Pat and I will get into this later, I think caused a bigger problem because before Ben Johnson, Steroids were kind of this thing, like if you made it to the NFL or you made it to professional wrestling, somebody pulled you aside and said, hey, there's this stuff you can take that'll help you. Uh, but now all the high school kids know about it and they think they need to be on drugs even though they don't eat breakfast. So that's where it is. And I'm going to start off this, you know, for me, I've always been honest with people when they ask me about it, but it's not something that I've necessarily advertised because, you know, I work with a lot of kids and there's a lot of, like, um, bad perception about it that uh you know it might affect your business if it's publicly known but um you know i i was bit by the strength bug very early and and pat will attest to this and he knows this when you're bit by the strength bug 
you will do anything possible to get stronger. And that a lot of the supplement companies really capitalize on this. Like you'll take any kind of supplement or protein powder or whatever you think that's going to do so you can get stronger. And you become so focused on that. And I had some, um, I worked out at a gym that was owned by a professional bodybuilder. He was one of the top bodybuilders in Canada. And I, of course, in high school started talking to him. And then Chris Benoit, I uh, used to work out with Chris, uh, the late Chris Benoit from the WWE. And I talked to him about it. I also talked to him about getting to professional wrestling. And the theme was, is like, dude, you're a big, strong guy already. Wait as long as you can. Wait until, you know, and if you have to take drugs to play college football, then you probably don't belong there anyways. Um, and I kind of listened to that. And Chris especially, because I was th thinking about getting into wrestling. He's like, dude, you don't want – he was in Japan at the time. And he's like, dude, I'm taking cocaine before I – I compete. I'm on painkillers. He's like, I'm taking steroids just so I can function. He's like, I've already been divorced. I've, I've got all these bills and this is the only way I can make money. You don't want to get into this. He's like, I travel 360 days a year. Um, I wish I didn't have to do this, but I have to. And then of course he ended up, um, you know, killing his family and killing himself. Um, and he had like just the brain of a 90 year old person with Alzheimer's. Um, so that was unfortunate, but um, the, the funny thing is, I think the steroids actually allowed him to keep going. I think it was all the pain pills and everything else he was on that, that ended up doing him in and the head, the head injuries. But you know, that's something we can chat about in a bit. But I waited partially because I wanted to get as strong as I could, because I heard repeatedly, get as strong as you can before, naturally before you get on this stuff. Um, the later you do it, the better. And also, I didn't want to have to deal with drug testing. Um, I, you know, I was one of the strongest guys on my college football team, naturally, and I got tested constantly. And I didn't want to have to deal with um, drug testing. And then when I got done with football, I competed on purpose in a federation that didn't drug test, so that I, that obviously I was competing on a level playing field. Um, so I even to this day, like if I was going to compete uh, again, I would not compete in a drug tested. Uh, federation because I feel even though I haven't done steroids in quite some time uh, I would feel I would have an advantage because I think once you've done them you have an advantage over someone who hasn't um, that's just my opinion so Mr. Patrick Davidson there's my kind of two cents to get us started why don't you take us from there yeah and um, you know I just want to say first of all Jim thank you very much for for having me on here again and you know it's always it's always to me like a an honor that anybody would um would want me to come on uh, a podcast or doing or or anything and um and share what i've got to say so you know we, we've had a lot of good times together and like just shared a lot of information back and forth and um i'm just you know this this is a cool topic and, and i'm just glad that i'm able to discuss this with with you in particular because i feel like you've got both the background from like personal experience and um, as well as like education and learning about this stuff. And uh, I think that there's a lot of people that, that try to talk about subjects that either, you know, like, like true, true knowledge to me is, is where people have lived something, you know, like, uh, like strength, weak strength coaches kind of bother me. You know, it's, it's almost like I feel like there's an epidemic in the field of fitness and strength and conditioning of, of people that work in the field that hate it. You know, there's like, there really are these people that, that, work in it and and don't like to train and i i don't understand it and um i think there's a a lot of people in the world that will talk about subjects that they they really don't 
don't truly understand. You know, they'll maybe they'll read about it or something, but they haven't lived it. They haven't they haven't truly experienced everything that there is to to know about it. And um, you know, I think that that this is one of those topics that like it's like you said, it's kind of like we we try to pretend like it's not there. Um, and everybody's afraid of it. But from my experience, when you just drag things out into the light and look at them and talk about them and identify what's really happening, uh, it's not so scary after all. And everybody's the better for it after the fact. It's just that it, the hardest thing to do is to take things out of the dark uh, in the first place. That initiation of that process is always, always super challenging. So, you know, for me to start off, like, I think it really is. Uh, important to talk about my own experiences with performance enhancing drugs and and how I got into um, that world and and what I learned from it. Um, you know, it's super interesting to discuss it. Really, starting from from Germany and the Nazi um, the Nazis. Like, it's uh, something else I just learned is that that's where crystal meth was invented. Like yep. when you're when you're talking about amphetamines, like. The um, that's where it came from was was that particular branch of the Nazi scientists. So yeah, you had dudes basically on test and crystal meth, and and that's where like other European soldiers were like, there's these are like super soldiers. There's like something wrong with these guys that is beyond you know they're doing stuff that people shouldn't be able to do, and it kind of makes sense now when you think about it because. Uh, obviously crystal meth is just like this insane drug that like it will make people do things that they would never normally do and hooks people to such a large extent. But, uh, in the world of supplements or performance enhancing drugs, this, that, and the other thing, well, steroids actually work and they've worked forever. And it's a, it's a world where 99% of the things out there are total bullshit that don't really work or don't really cause a difference. And, uh, it's, it's funny for me from having the experience of done, having done steroids and, and, and a plethora of them and, and, um, kind of experiencing how much they work and how quickly they work and how profoundly they work. Now it's like, I have that experience to draw from to determine whether or not other things actually work. Um, right. you know, so it's, it's kind of like, I, I think that's an advantage in some ways, but, um, you know, where, where did it really start for me? I think, um, you know, I, like you, I was always an athlete. I, I really wish that I grew up someplace where there was wrestling, but they, it just wasn't available in the school district or the region that I lived in. So I played, um, baseball was my primary sport. Um, I also played football, but, but I was a much better baseball player. And, um, you know, I, I thought that I might have the potential to play at a very high level. And, you know, it was kind of like, there's always a limitation. And the limitation for me was the 40 and the 60 speed. I could, I could run, I could throw a hit uh, at a very high level, but you know, I just could not get into the 40 and 60 times that would be appropriate for Division One outfielders, and uh, it drove me crazy. And I tried everything I possibly could to run faster, and you know, it it just wasn't really in the cards. And you know, like I, I, I'm touching on a lot of topics, but to me, the the ultimate um, test of knowledge in the world of performance is if you can get somebody that's pretty fast to run faster in a sprint. You know, I think that that's, that's always like, if, if you can, if you can do that, you really understand performance and, and multiple systems coming together in an organism as well as like, uh, appropriate program design, coaching technique, 
mindset development, all of those things have to come together in order to enhance sprinting for fast people. But, um, you know, uh, I, I would have done steroids if I could have got my hands on them at that point of transitioning from high school to college, if it would have made me run uh, two-tenths of a second faster in, in either one of those. Uh, no doubt about it in my mind. Um, but, you know, where I, where I grew up in Cape Cod in Massachusetts, like, you know, we didn't even have a weight room in our high school. Like, it just wasn't really a thing at that point where I lived. Every coach I had was kind of anti-lifting weights anyways. So I was an outlier in, in seeking out trying to lift weights and, and to strength train. But I was growing up in that era of, like, the Bash brothers in, with the Oakland A's and really the peak of the steroid era, you know, the Texas Rangers and dudes with forearms that looked like they were going to pop out of their skin and that whole deal. So to me, and, and I've said this other places before, but like I, I learned about fitness. Like I can remember, you know, I'd watch ESPN, I'd watch sports center in the morning and I'd see highlights of like Bo Jackson and, you know, these, 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 uh, these other athletes that were just insanely muscular and professional baseball players at that time were, were insanely muscular and then right after that, you'd have all the fitness shows come on. You know, you'd have like Sean Ray's bodybuilding show, Body Shaping with like Big Rick and Dr. Pete. And it, <laughs> it seemed as though like it was a very clear message like, hey, Major League Baseball players are jacked. And then right after it comes on these strength training shows with these dudes that are jacked showing you what to do to get jacked. So it was just like, all right, well, I'm going to lift weights because I need to look like these guys in order to play like these guys. And, um, you know, it just, it, it didn't pan out. Like, who the hell knows why? Probably I just wasn't good enough. You know, it, well, it, well, here's the thing, too, with us. Like, we're just not built for top-end speed. Yeah, like, 100%. We're built for 5 and 10. We're, we're, we're top-fuel dragsters. Yeah. And we're not built to run 200, 400 meters. Uh, you know, we might be able to run 100, and because our start is so good, like you can't overcome structure, and that's the thing yep. I realized early in my football career. Like when I got to college, like they're always going to pick the guy with six two. Yeah. Like no matter how good I am, my arms are short. You know, balls thrown over my head. If it's <laughs> thrown between the top of my helmet and the bottom of my knees, I'm going to catch it. Yep. But you know, they're always going to take the taller dude. And the way we're built structurally, you know, I should have stuck with with wrestling. I was a very good wrestler, but I wanted to play football. Yep. But you can't overcome structure. Uh, you know, no matter how many drugs you take or no matter what you do, yep. there's certain limitations. It's just like s s people, you know, big, tall, gangly folks are never going to look like us and never be able to do some of the stuff we can do. Yeah. Uh, just like, you know, we're never going to play in the NBA. And, you know, I don't, you don't care what kind of program we're on unless, you know, we go over to Japan um, or some, some maybe if we play against the Hobbits or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> But, but I think, you know, and I was yeah. trying to do the same thing. I was like, dude, how can I get my, you know, how can I get my 40 time down? How can I get my 40 time down? The yep. bottom line is the first 20 yards, I'm beating the whole team. Yep. And then and then I get reeled in, you know, yep. and it's, 100%. Just, it's, it's just mechanics. You hear those there's, footsteps you know, coming from behind you and then the horses yeah, go and there, by and there's you. Nothing, and there's nothing you can do yep. about it. You know, it's like trying to drive a Corvette off road. It's just, or a, trying to drive a monster truck on the Indianapolis Speedway. It's just not a it's not a good fit. So, you know, totally. a lot of that too, for me is educating kids like, okay, let's look at how you're built. Like, is this the right sport for you? Yep. Uh, your, your parents put you in soccer, but you're built like a bowling ball. Yeah. Probably not a good fit. And, yeah. you know, I had my grandfather from an early age saying the same thing to me. You know, I can remember I was really good at basketball up to about age 11 or 12. 
And, um, you know, he, I remember when I was like nine, 10 playing basketball, he was like, listen, you're white and you're probably going to be maybe five, six, five, seven as an adult. You're never going to play in the NBA. Okay. Be a catcher. Like, and yeah. I, I probably should have listened to him, you know, but yeah. he was, and it's funny, like, you know, I think that I was I'm very grateful that I was raised for the most part as a child by grandparents that were born in the 1910s uh, because, you know, like I, like I just think it was a different mindset. Like, I, I think that, you know, they grew up and they lived during the Depression and um, and they just taught me a different value system than most of the other kids that I grew up with at that same time. Like, I just. You know, it was like I skipped a generation backwards in terms of the people that raised me. Um, but he was brutally honest. And and I think that a lot of kids that grew up at the same time as me or in that same same area just had a lot of things sugarcoated for them. And um, and nothing was ever really sugarcoated for me. And um, and and for me, like, yeah, I could ex- I could ultimately accept it as an adult because I think I heard some of those messages as a kid, too. And yeah, and so not that I. it. Not that it necessarily like limits, you know, I think some people be like, oh, well, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, he didn't, you know, go in and screw with my genes. Like the self-fulfilling prophecy is that I ended up being five foot six and about 200 pounds. You know what I mean? And, and like, that's not a build. Like you said, there's, there's structural limitations where like, sorry, that just isn't a build that you'll see on a track (laughs) at an elite level, a basketball court. Like Jose Altuve for the Astros is such an unbelievable outlier being a major league baseball player at five foot six. Um, but it's just like, it's a one in a multiple billion chance. So it's, it's, it's tough. Like I don't ever want to like cut people's dream shorts, dream short, but it's like, be realistic at the same time and, and kind of, uh, go, go towards your strengths in some ways. But, you know, anyways, to, to kind of get, get to the the main topic that we're at uh with with performance enhancers um you know i like i i got into mixed martial arts you know again late like i wish i could have gotten into wrestling early but i got into it when i was 19 and um you know i i i really learned how to alter the my body composition in terms of diet and training and um you know i think in in high school playing football and baseball i was i was like 185 um and I managed to be able to get my body weight down to 154 and a half pounds and be very lean um, in the fight game. And, uh, and that was just kind of like, while it's certainly not fun, you know, anybody that's ever had to diet, like it's miserable. And I did it for six or seven years. Uh, it's a hell of a learning experience because you just you learn how how malleable the body can be up to a certain point. Um, but once I finished with that, uh, I, you know, I, I think I just wanted to like lift and be strong at a certain point. You know, I was always strong, but I never really got a chance to like lift consistently the way that I, I kind of wanted to until I was like, uh, 24 years old. And, um, and at that time I started getting into like Olympic style lifting, you know, again, like structurally, like I couldn't get my arms into the right place for anything overhead, uh, and, and that was just, again, it was as frustrating as trying to get my 40 time down. You know, I, I would stretch and do yoga till the cows came home, but those arms would never go overhead. Um, so it's just like, I don't screw it. Like, but, uh, you know, by the time I was a, in my last year of grad school in a PhD program at Springfield college, you know, it was kind of like, I, 
you know, just learning so much physiology and being around strength training and being around barbells and all that kind of stuff for so long, you know, me and my, another one of my friends, we just wanted to see kind of like what steroids were, were all about. Um, just from purely like an experimental standpoint, I wasn't competing in anything in that time, but, um, you know, we, so it was funny, like we ended up like finding ways to like order shit from like, uh, Eastern Europe, like through, you know, you have to like pay money through Western union and fucking order it through some weirdo that you like yep. find, find through the internet and or uh, vet, in, vet in Mexico. Well, we also like, I remember like, you know, researching this stuff and like buying veterinary, uh, Trenbolone, and you know it comes in like those those things that you would shoot into like a cow's ears. Like they've yeah. got those guns, and like you have to get it, and you got to break down the mm-hmm. the uh, the Finaplex um, pills in like dissolving liquid, and then you can make your own Trenbolone using coffee filters and and other shit. And so I'm, we're we're like making that in in my kitchen and in, in grad school, like uh, mortar and pestle and that whole deal and. Um, you know, you give yourself a shot with that and you're coughing within the first two seconds. It's like, holy shit, that stuff gets through your body fast. Like that's unbelievable. You're like coughing up this, this like dissolved glue that you didn't fully get out of the, the, the compound. Um, but you know, I can remember, uh, like the company we, we got stuff through was like advanced stealth or something like that. And uh, it's supposed to be able to get through customs easy. They'll disguise the packaging we get we get the first order of like uh, the stuff from Eastern Europe, and it was in these bottles that that said that they were gay lube oil uh, on the package, <laughs> and like we literally laughed at these bottles for like twenty minutes, and it came with like instructions for how to use gay lube oil, and I'm just thinking like, of course they went with this because like no one's gonna question that like. If right. that customs dude sees that, he's going to be so uncomfortable. He's going to be like, ah, just let it go. Like, I don't even want to know. Uh, we get it. It's like these rainbow-colored fucking labels that say gay lube oil. And it was just like, we're going to shoot gay lube oil into our butts. Like, are you serious? This is the biggest joke I've ever seen. But it was it was actual stuff. I mean, who knows? Probably tainted from, with a million different things, like Mexican meat or something. But, uh, you know, it was – unbelievable but we we started taking this stuff our homemade trend and this uh eastern european gay lube oil packaged you know test and d-ball and and this that and the other thing and you know we just kind of learned being idiots with it um you know trying to figure out how to take pcts and and everything else but um yeah i mean like got bigger and stronger obviously and um got exposed but you know it really wasn't until i got into strongman like competing in that that i got a little bit more access to like better stuff and and um and better drugs and just you know really like uh i I feel like even now like i still don't like what i was doing was smarter than 99 percent of what other people were doing but there's there's you have to be so intelligent to really use this stuff effectively Yes. In my opinion. And, and I don't think that there's that many true experts out there, uh, to tell you the truth. It's, it's really a bunch of, uh, of meatheads showing other meatheads what they've learned almost through trial and error. Um, and, that's, and that's really the tragedy of banning and turning it into a Schedule 1. Yep. You know, I remember when I was in high school, I actually went to my doctor and talked to him about it. Yeah. Because it wasn't illegal at the time. And he sat down. He was really cool. He went through, you know, I was looking at Winstrol and, 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 and he went through and went through all the side effects. He goes, you know, this this really isn't a big deal. Um, 
You know, he's like, the worst that's going to happen is, you know, you get extra facial hair and your voice gets deeper. He's like, you're a dude, so that really doesn't matter. It's totally different if you're a female. But mm-hmm. he, he, it totally took the edge off, you know. Like, I wasn't, you know. But now, you know, when they banned, and the funny thing is, is the Ben Johnson race, every person in that race tested positive for something except the person that finished last. Mm-hmm. Carl Lewis tested positive for amphetamines, you know, and they busted um, – what's his face lance armstrong they ended up having to give like the award to like the seventh place person because (laughs) they had all they had all bombed out and and so you don't want to talk about drug abuse the biggest drug abuse is the tour de france and all the endurance sports i mean you have to be on some serious shit to do that stuff yeah um but you know uh it's interesting because i think the driving of it underground has actually made it worse now you've got high school kids you know as before if you made it to the NFL, you made it to the WWE, somebody pulls you aside and said, hey, man, there's the stuff you can take that will help you play a little bit longer or help you, you know, recover faster. But now we got high school kids that don't even eat breakfast that, um, you know, want to get on the gas. And it's like, really? And I think, you know, honestly, because I've done this stuff, like we discussed in the last podcast, I've talked so many kids out of doing it because I've actually done it. I can say, hey, I've done this stuff. It works. But, you know, where do you go from here? You're 16 years old. You have the higher testosterone level than you will the rest of your life. You take this stuff now and you're going to be behind the eight ball for a long time. Like, you're pretty much screwed. And then what are you going to do when you start getting drug tested in college? Yeah. You know, so I can give them a perspective that, that, you know, uh, you know, it's not like I'm trying to talk the people I'm, I'm training <laughs> into doing drugs. And in fact, it's the opposite. I, all my girls compete in drug free federations on, on, on purpose. You know, like I, that's, I'm not going after, yeah. not that I haven't worked with, with people that, that, that do drugs and advise them and help them, but that's not the culture that I'm trying to create at my gym. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, just from the perspective of, you know, what I always like about talking with you is, is we can both be as honest as, as we like, um, you know, I think that some of the newer evidence, as well as some of the older evidence, because what's what's sort of interesting is you have all this East German literature on mm-hmm. state-sponsored uh, steroid use for for athletes, and and I do think that there's this prevailing notion of wait until the last minute before you introduce steroids to somebody. You know, it's like your it's your ace card. You know, you don't play yes. you don't play your ace card as like right away, but. If you look at some of the literature on this stuff, uh, the most responsive populations to using steroids are, are younger athletes, and in particular, younger female athletes. Uh, if you look like the East Germans had, really were pretty meticulous about the way that they collected data. And uh, if you look at the female throwers, you could see the, the most dramatic increases in, in, in sports performance were when you introduce to like 16-year-old females, uh, 16-year-old throwing thrower females, uh, when you gave them performance enhancers, like those were the ones that went on to set world records. And um, sure. and the thought process now with some of the newer research on like epigenetics in this realm is that you have a more responsive genome when people are younger. It's capable of changing itself more dramatically, and and once it changes itself, it's it's changed. You know what I mean? So from a strength and power performance perspective, if I introduce steroids, because they'll, they'll directly affect uh, the, the genetic code and, and, and amplify some parts and downregulate other parts, um, I will ultimately lead to a genome more fully capable of expressing 
protein synthesis of the kinds of proteins you're looking for, and it'll pretty much stay that way permanently if I introduce these things earlier. Um, you know, like from the standpoint, like a lot of the, the, the effects that you get from using steroids, and I think Trenbolone has the biggest uh, from, from this perspective, is, you know, it, it will ultimately cause you to make more nuclei inside the muscle cell. Like it, it affects the, 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 the cell on the level of like the, the, um, the satellite cell or the, that's located in the basement nuclei, the basement membrane of the cell you'll activate those those satellite cells and they'll they'll you know they'll go through this 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 process that they call proliferation and differentiation so you basically have all these satellite cells that or or stem cells you know that's the other other word for them but um they're capable of of reproducing themselves making more of themselves and then they'll migrate into the middle of the muscle cell and become new nuclei so you have more factories that you can start protein synthesis from. And if you look at like trend users versus non-trend users, it's something like a 200% different level of, of, uh, mus- of nuclei inside their muscle cells compared to, to non-users. Um, so, and, and those things don't ever go away once you're done. You know what I mean? It's, it's that uh, number of nuclei where they would say like lifetime natural is never uh, you know, on the same level as, as someone that's used drugs at any point in time, because the number of nuclei is totally different. And, and just sure. the, and I think you get receptor upgrade and all that hundred, hundred percent. You can use more testosterone, but, but, you know, here's the thing. That's the difference between like the Eastern Bloc philosophy where you've got, you know, we're going to take this 16 year old girl, we're going to give her these, these, you know, these drugs. And, and obviously steroids have a much greater side effect on, on girls yep, than totally. on men, you know, obviously, you know, so we don't care about their health long-term. We don't care about deeper voices. We don't care about, you know, a lot of the, the reasons they banned steroids because of the uh, East German women's swim yep. team, you know, were like shaving and stuff on their face. Um, that's their mindset is like win at all costs. Whereas here, like, are you really going to make, millions of dollars if you are a, a female thrower uh whereas in in the soviet bloc it was like that gold medal was everything. game changer like you, and they had thousands of people that were willing to get to be an athlete because that meant you got fed and that meant that yep. you know you were taken care of and you lived in a nicer house and and they also set all their athletes up they had an unbelievable program to make sure they were picking the right athlete like if you were a 16 year old thrower, it's because you were supposed to be a 16 year old. Yeah, you know, you you had gone through gymnastics, you'd gone through all these things, and they picked they picked you your sport for your body type. And so, so one and one thing I definitely that's a diff- I want to make clear is I'm not saying that this is healthy. I'm not saying that right. none of my none of what I'm saying is is like hey here do this. Like I'm just trying to again sort of like air air yeah. up oh, air out the dirty laundry. Because I feel like if, if you don't say these things, somebody else will find out about it, and then they're going right. to look at, at everything you have to say and, and just say, well, this, this is all bullshit or something like that. But um, right. you know, it, it does seem as though a lot of evidence would suggest – because I came up during that same sort of time. Don't use steroids until it's the absolute last thing. Uh, you know, Get as strong as you possibly can naturally first, this, that, and the other thing. And and I would say that some of the evidence suggests maybe that that's not the smartest way to go. If your only goal is to maximize performance, it's, things like hypertrophy, right. like you, it might be the other way in actuality. Um, 
Well, the thing for me, the reason I waited and, you know, I didn't have, you know, I squatted like over 600, benched close to 500 and pulled like over 600 before I touched yeah. anything. The thing that the thing about me was, is I was able to come off from time to time and everything wouldn't fall mm -hmm. apart. Whereas I had seen guys that had started from a young age yeah. without a good strength foundation and they couldn't come off. Like they were totally reliant yep. on those drugs and they just could not come off because they would mentally fall apart. It's like people that I see that have to have a pre-workout or they can't yeah. train. Yep. You know, they become mentally hooked to the pre-workout. Like they have to have that pre-workout or they can't yeah. work out. Um, let's talk about one of the big, you brought up a great point and that's so true. Like that's the difference is like, is winning at all costs? Are you willing to sacrifice your life and your health for that or not? Like, you know, is it worth it to you? You know, like I look at Peyton Manning, he can barely function, but he's, you know, look at, look at, um, uh, what's his name from the, from the Broncos. Um, he looks like yeah. a cripple, but he's a multimillionaire, yep. you know, so like sports and that leads us into this point. Um, you know, the biggest argument against steroids yep. is health, oh, yeah. but you know, I remember watching a game. I can't remember whether it was Peyton Manning or, or one of those guys and the commentator, he, the, he either he had taken, he was having shoulder issues and he came out after the first half and just lit it up. And the commentator's like, yeah, he took a shot at halftime. He either has to take it in the beginning and try and get a huge lead mm -hmm. or he has to take it in the second yeah. half and then try and come back. And they were, he was ripping it up. And like, so it's, it's, it's not okay to take testosterone, which is going to help you stay healthy, especially with the impacts to the head. We know impacts yep. to the head affect energy and production, plus the travel schedule and all that stuff. It's, it's not okay to take something that's going to help you stay healthy and your body heal faster but it's okay to take a shot that'll allow you to go from not being able to move your arm above your, your shoulder to your arm above your head and throw the yep. ball pain-free. So to me, that's a bigger performance-enhancing drug is the pain medication, but that's okay, but taking testosterone well, is not. Uh, that's a huge Yeah, well, you know what, me. Jim? I think it um, all comes down to the insecurity of Western males in a lot of ways. And... Because it's like we it's all a dick measuring contest. It's all I'm more of a man than you are. Uh, and and we just associate that with testosterone levels. And so it's the easiest thing to point at uh, in terms of like why someone we're all looking for excuses of why somebody beat us that was better than us, you know, ultimately. And I think it's just like easier to point at that because it, it's closer to the easiest definition of what what sort of defines a male. You know, like your testosterone, your testosterone levels define you as a male. And like, look, like it's pretty easy. Like if, if Joe Rogan goes on a podcast and talks about how, you know, your father's father had double your testosterone levels and and men are, are not as manly as they are anymore. He's going to gain a bazillion followers because people like that explanation for some reason. It just connects with their with our brains. It's something that we all jump on board with. And. So I, I just think that it's 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 a bigger catch. It's a better story. It gets people more excited for some reason. Oh, that guy beat me because he was on juice or something like that. Versus like you know yeah. yeah opiates. I'll tell you what. Nothing ever made my body feel better than than opiates. Um, you know I I don't think yeah. I was ever able to move. Like you know I, I got into you know being someone that's that's known as like a movement person uh, and and known for someone that appreciates the way that the brain. Um, deals with movement. And I think a lot of it was because of my experience with, 
with mind altering drugs and and feeling the way that like an opiate can change the way that your body moves. Uh, I mean, screw a warm up. If you have a Percocet, if you're a stiff dude and you have a Percocet in you, that's going to that's going to give you more yeah. quote unquote hip mobility than doing some bullshit with like a, a hip opener or something like that. Like the man, it's crazy. Like depending upon what your limitation is, if you're neurologically wound up and in pain and you've got muscle guarding and that stuff won't let go and you give someone a shot that that will contain who the hell knows in the NFL, but probably some mixture of like an anti-inflammatory and opiate. And (laughs) I don't even know. Um, you're probably going to allow that limitation to be completely removed from the system. And now all of a sudden you see this person be able to express their movement system in a way that allows them to execute the fundamentals of, of their mechanics that, that allow them to be able to be the person that they, they want to be. Um, and steroids can't do that. Like it's, it's, it look like, um, yeah, what we're asking these people to do is superhuman. It really is like every Olympics, somebody has to break the world record. And if they don't, nobody wants to watch right. it. Uh, and right. Charlie Francis, they asked him what would happen if you cleaned up track and field. It's like the same people would would win. Yeah, like less people because it's watch. not good enough to win in the Olympics. The only thing that's good enough is to break the previous world record, break the previous Olympic record. And if you're going to do that, you have to train harder and more than what was done previously. And the only way that you're going to be able to accumulate that kind of training volume is probably going to be with exogenous help. And not only that, but you're going – the demands placed upon you in the modern sports world are worse and worse all the time. you got to travel more, which is going to throw off your sleep, which if you want to jack somebody up, just do that. That will get them more than anything. Put them in an airplane. Have them stay at a new place. Like just throw off everything from a circadian rhythm perspective. Uh, Expect more from them. Have it be someone with an athletic mindset that that will do whatever it takes and and expect them to not do drugs. And if they do do drugs, to vilify that person to the highest possible degree. It's it's just a level of insanity that that doesn't appreciate the circular nature of itself and and is so hypocritical it's insane. Yeah, we want faster 40s, bigger, bigger, you know – guys uh but we want them to be healthy we don't want them to hit each other yeah, yeah, yeah um you know gently yep. gently sack town brady you know don't slam into the ground um it, it's just the whole sports realm and and, and all and but we're not going to let you take yep. steroids because it's bad for your health even though the sport itself and the travel schedule is horrible for your health you know you put a supercharger on yep. a car things are going to break you know the harder you drive the car so i i think it would be just it would be much better if they were honest or like, okay, we're, we're basically, we know that you're putting your life on the line and you're taking, you know, 15, 20 years off your life. That's why we're yep. paying you millions of dollars. If you um, just do blood, blood work on these guys and you identify when certain chemicals and hormones are below levels that are dangerous, like, is there really anything wrong with refilling those things at that point in time? I don't know. I'm not saying I know the answer to that, but you, you, like kind of what you were alluding to, like these are people who depend upon repair processes in their body who don't have the available products to repair themselves with at a certain point yep. because of the demands we're placing upon them. And, and then we get angry at them when they take things that would replenish themselves. 
so it's 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 a it's a it's the lunatics running the asylum in some ways and um it's all entertainment anyways but it, it's it's just in it's crazy the whole the whole notion of it is insane you know we're, we're this species with nothing better to do than to to artificially test things it's all it's all artificial anyways you know it's not like we're it's not like we're running out it's not like sports are the equivalent of of hunting for your life you know it's it's to me it's 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 a ridiculous farce the whole thing it's like rome it's rome was the same thing yeah all the gladiator stuff they had it was just a society that doesn't really have to worry about survival. You've got everything you yep. need. You don't have, you know, you've you've got nothing to worry about uh, other than, you know, who won last, you know, Sunday or Saturday or whatever, or who your favorite baseball person is or who Kim Kardashian's sleeping with or what yep. Kim Kardashian tweeted because most people don't go out, have to go out and find their food and they don't have to build their shelter and they don't have to find, you know, things so they don't freeze to death. I mean, if we were if we had to worry about that kind of stuff, uh, nobody would really care about you know Kim Kardashian tweeting. Nobody, nobody uh, shames her for pub- for plastic surgery or photoshopping no. in pictures. But yeah, Lance Armstrong gets dragged through the mud. You know, it's it's um, I, I it's it's a crazy topic, man. It, it really is to when you really think about it. But I, I really do. I would say that like you can't expect people like if you had to travel the way that a lot of these guys have to travel. Oh, baseball's like, insane. Baseball's the worst. Yeah. Like you well, see how your look, body they is. haven't uh, they didn't when they did the steroid ban, they didn't ban amphetamines. Yeah. Because they knew that if they banned stimulants, they wouldn't have a World Series. Yeah. You know, like those guys yeah. by the end of the year are so cooked. Everybody's um, going over 5, you know what I mean? It would be a joke. Yeah. But they have to have those many games so they can pay those salaries. Yeah, you know. So let's uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about the roid rage thing. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, uh, I know when I was on stuff, it it made me. Uh, I'm all, I've always been really good at controlling my temper and things like that. But it basically, it, it, from my experience, it's going to make you a bigger what you already are. Hundred percent. So if, if you're an asshole, you're going to be a way bigger asshole. Like I tried Trin, and I wanted to like kill everyone. Mm-hmm. So I took like two shots, and I was like, "This stuff is just not not worth it for me." Um, so you know, what are your experiences with that kind of deal? Yeah, so I I couldn't agree more. There's, I, you know, there I don't. It's it's nuanced because some drugs are going to make you more aggressive than other drugs, and I think yes. that like those nineteen, and it's highly it's highly individual too. Yeah, totally. Like I, I think that the nineteen nor adrenergic uh, steroids are going to do that. Like your your trends and your nandrolones and, and some of those things. Like for whatever reason, I I think that. From from my experience, those things kind of make you a little bit crazier. And um, for to, you know, I didn't necessarily become. I, I never had what I would consider like roid rage uh, or anything like that. But I started doing more aggressive behavior. You know what I mean? Like um, in terms of like uh, you know, if if I was single or something like that, like like more wild sorts of like. Uh, shenanigans yeah exactly um (laughs) you know just just like whatever whatever would like be like an adrenaline hit is is kind of more and more what i started looking for 
Um, you know, it always had to be bigger, more crazier, just something to the, of that nature. Uh, but it, it wasn't like I was flying off the handle and I wanted to fight people. Um, you know, any, any more than I ever would, it was, it would manifest in other ways, but you know, it's from what I understand, um, the, the evidence on this stuff, when you, when you do the double blind placebo studies and stuff like that, they've, they've kind of disqualified roid rage as a thing. Um, and, and what it is, is that people believe they have an excuse to do things like that. It's almost like they've always wanted to do those kinds of behaviors, like be out of control and aggressive. And, and now they have this built in excuse for, for being able to do it. Unfortunately, the people that were on nothing were doing it just as much as the people that were on actual steroids in the studies where they blinded it and and had placebos involved. Um, but the other factor that you have to build in the, when, when you look at people that do steroids, a higher percentage of them are going to be males that come from more aggressive backgrounds like dudes that have been in prison, dudes that have played like, you know, high contact sports, guys that already would have been prone to more aggression and violence and fighting are the people that tend to use them anyways. So, you know, they probably would have been that way anyways, like you said. Well, and, just... that's, and that's an even that's an even the bigger reason to not have them underground. Yep. You know, like get them from, you know, a doctor and that way the doctor can talk to them and, and, and provide some feedback and it's, it's known and it's not, you're not getting it from cousin Vinny, yeah. um, you, you know, and that's the thing that's the scary part is you don't know what the hell you're getting with some of this stuff. Not, yeah, you know? for sure. Whereas you go to your doctor, you know exactly what you're getting, you know, it, it's all on the up and up. Um, it's just, uh, it's just crazy. And, you know, they'll, they'll present the argument like, well, steroids should be illegal because they they make people aggressive well what about alcohol which is legal Uh, alcohol kills more people than you know i mean it's insane how many people how many people alcohol kills and families that are destroyed and so they're picking these favorites like they'll pick and choose like the poison i mean i'm a libertarian so you know i think that you should be able to do whatever you want in the privacy of your own home as long as it doesn't affect somebody else like if you want to do steroids you want to do coke whatever you want to do that's great. As soon as you start stealing to support your cocaine habit, mm-hmm. that's when you get nailed. You know, that's that's kind of my worldview uh, because you're not going to be able to stop people from doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's also so, like there's no more American drug, in my opinion, than steroids. You know, it's like everything about our culture is bigger than before, faster than before, better than before. And they want it right. Yeah. And, and that's like kind of what that drug's all about. You know, it's, it's sort of funny. I, I just saw the first Iron Man movie. Or no, not that one. Captain America movie. And it's literally that. It's like literally this scrawny, weak little dude that has this experimental drug procedure put on him. And it makes him bigger and more physically capable. And then he's, he's fucking Captain America. Like it's like, dude. Yeah, but don't do this, that. Don't this do is that. the steroid story. <laughs> This is literally it. But yeah. in that movie, somehow it's fine because he's killing the Nazis. Uh, but it's literally like. Well, because and because he's he has a moral high standard because yep. he'll jump on a hand grenade. To yeah, there body. we go. He's a nice he's a nice yeah, guy. There it is. <laughs> that's that's I'm like watching this movie. I'm like, I do they not realize what they just did with this movie? They just basically told right. you that it's it's cool to do PEDs like <laughs> As long as you don't get yeah. caught, or as long as somehow the the um, the person like as long as the ends justify yeah. the means, as long as you're doing some good things, um, you know, 
You go ahead and take those. So drugs. yeah, if I could get on that Captain America regime, I'm I'm all for it. Like uh it's crazy. Like it's so funny. Like uh I was watching season two of Luke Cage. I don't know if you've seen that show at all. Um but uh, you know, like Luke Cage, like he's he's a superhero, he's like uh the black superhero in Harlem in New York. And, you know, he has this experimental procedure done on him in prison to save his life. And it basically makes him like super strong and his skin's bulletproof and that whole deal. And in the second season, like it's this convoluted storyline, but there's this Jamaican villain that's called the Bushmaster. And uh, they like he gains all these special powers from taking this Jamaican nightshade. And um, and I'm just like, man, I got I'm talking to my wife on the couch watching. It. I'm like, I got to get some of this nightshade. And uh, it's just so funny because, like, you know, even like I don't have anything to compete for. But when you see something give somebody like special powers like that, I'm like, I got to get on this Bushmaster program. Um, you know, what I, <laughs> but it's it's so funny. Like, uh, yeah, like the, the, the hypocrisy, I think, is the biggest joke of the whole thing. Um, but it's it's also I don't know, like it, I, I can see it like you want to salvage some of these records from sports. You know what I mean? Like like uh, the home run record at 61 or something like that. And it's it's tainted because Maguire Sosa bonds like they were they were clearly taking shit. And um, you want to know what the human body is is capable of doing under its own powers and like truly comparing man against man. But it's at a certain point like it's all a show. It's and and. And appreciating like the mindset of the athlete of just like um, it's all about me and it's all about me being the greatest of all time and and so much better than anybody else that's ever lived that it's not even close. Like uh, I, I don't I don't think that there's an answer on that front. And and from someone that's taken drugs, like it's so much more fun to do your sport when you feel so physically better and enhanced. And 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 from a health standpoint, uh, it's I I just think that like we're finding out the answer to these things is it's like just being on steroids is just not as bad for you as what people claimed it to be. Right. And if you, well, look at, El, look at El Zeta. Yeah. Like I mean, he had AIDS, he did right? It for 30, almost 40 years. Uh, yeah. They, they, the, you know, the, the word is, is that he died of AIDS, uh, not cancer, but, um, I think Mero Di Pasquale, uh, disclaimed that, but, um, you know, the guy took like a thousand to 10,000 times the recommended yeah. dosage. For like thirty right. years, um, and uh, like you know, and I was watching a, a documentary on him, and they, you know, he's this animal, but he also did a ton of charity work, which he wouldn't have been able to do if yeah. it wasn't for him playing in the NFL. You know, so if you took ten thousand times the record, you take a hundred aspirin, yeah. you die instantly. You take a hundred D ball tablets, you might have a really, you might feel <laughs> yeah. shitty for a day or two. Um, you know, so it's kind of interesting to see. You know how this has all kind of been blown out of proportion. So, like, what's what's um, more unhealthy, being a a PED bodybuilder or a natural bodybuilder? Probably a yeah. natural bodybuilder. Could anything be more unhealthy than the cut for a contest when you're a natural bodybuilder? You're gonna see your yeah. val your well, especially especially if you're a natural bodybuilder that is dieting the way that an enhanced yeah. bodybuilder would. With the low fat, you know, like if you're a if you're like a natural bodybuilder and you're you're cutting for a show, like a more ketogenic approach. I've seen friends of mine do it who stayed much healthier because they had the fat mm. to make the hormones. 
But what will happen is you get these bodybuilders that are getting coached by somebody who's on a bunch of gear. The reason you can eat chicken breasts and rice and do tons of cardio is because you're propping yeah. your hormones up. Um, you know, but if you're not propping your hormones up and you're eating chicken and rice and you're doing a ton of cardio, you're castrating yeah. yourself. Yeah, I mean, just you being know? that hypocaloric so, under any circumstances is just a tough deal. But, yeah, from a health standpoint, I would say you're probably better off being a, a drug bodybuilder than a natural. Um, well, it depend, I depend, think it depends on the amount. I mean, if you're taking, like, you know, Greg Kovacs and you're doing, like, you know, freaking 100 items yeah, of insulin. I know, you, I know what you mean, but yeah. it's just sort of, like, throwing that concept out there. Well, if you're doing it like the old school bodybuilders like Arnold and, and, uh, and Frank Zane and, you know, they're taking – insane amounts of drugs and they're not getting the huge yeah. hormone bloat and all that kind of stuff. I think that was a much healthier era than now. I think, well, the diuretics, you know, the diuretics mm. are what kill those guys. Uh, you know, guys don't, or the anti-cortisol drugs like Munzer. But it brings um, me, it brings me to question two, which is like, what's better for you being like a 75 year old dude that sits on the couch all day and does like zero physical activity or being Stallone? You know, I, 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 yeah, well, I mean, and that's Stallone, you know, like I would go with Stallone because I would rather live a little less longer life and be fully functional and be a, be, be highly above average than live to like 120 and be a pile. Yeah. Shitting on, shitting on yourself. But I mean, the people that do live now though, he's like 73 or something like that. So, I mean, sure, sure. But the people that live like 110, they're not killing themselves. I mean, they're active. They, they take care of themselves. They tend to have a higher yeah. body fat percentage. But they're, they're not Adonis. You know, the, bi- the brighter the star, the faster it burns out. So that just – it all depends on what you're trying to do. Like if you want to live as long as possible, I think being active and doing manual labor and being outside and doing all that stuff is, is a high priority. You definitely don't want to be a high-performance athlete because – can you think of one high-performance athlete that's lived over I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we even have – there's a couple World War There's a couple World War Two guys that have, yeah. which is pretty crazy. But um, I can't think of any professional but, uh, I athletes. Think a lot of those re- guys of the don't modern maintain era. a work ethic. After you know, they, they'll kind of like fade off into typical American behavior patterns for old people. It's hard to know. I think. Well, sure, well, sure. And, 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 yep. and a lot of them are in pain too, and a lot of them just are, shut you are down. just burned out, or they're so destroyed from the from the system. They just. A lot of, like a lot of the kids that have been playing sports since they were six, you know, when they finally get done college, they're just like, I can't do this anymore. Like this is, I hate yeah. exercise. I don't want to do well, it, you know? So I know you have a hard yep. 11 o'clock stop and we're at, we're at 11 o'clock. So why don't you give a quick synopsis of, um, what your experience, what you would do differently and, if there is somebody out there that's thinking about it, how, you know, you would approach mm. it, uh, if you would do you know, it again if, if now. I'm, you know, it's, it's tough because I was competing in strongman at 175 and it was a weight that I would always have to be trying to drop down to get to. Um, so it was, it, so it's like you're taking drugs that, that have the capacity to cause you to gain mass. So it's, it's a tricky, it's like a real fine line that you got to watch or or walk because like they'll enhance your appetite. They'll enhance a lot of things and you gotta, you gotta go in the other direction. So you're fighting, it's almost like a speed ball of cocaine and heroin where you got two contrasting forces going on inside your body. 
But in, in all honesty, I think I probably would have done less of going on and off drugs and probably just stayed on uh, more year round at just a lower dose of things so that my body could have remained a little bit yeah. more steady uh, rather than, than kind of like going off for a while with some PCTs and then coming back on and sort of blasting some stuff. Uh, you know, I think that that, that switch, that, that those big drastic swings were, were not the smartest way to do things. Because, uh, you know, I would feel sick. I would have really bad sight pain from where I injected. Like, it was just like problems that you don't think you're going to deal with. Like, I, I feel like I can relate to women when they're like on their period because of the the really crazy mm-hmm. sorts of like mood changes I would have, like bloating issues, like all kinds of stuff. So I, I probably would have done uh, drugs that had very little like um, osmotic effects. I wouldn't have done the 19 noradrenergic uh, drugs. I probably would have done really simple things, quite honestly, like like probably a D-ball um, and maybe even like an Anavar, which yep. is kind of considered like a chick drug. But Yeah, and, uh, and it's also, they use it in AIDS patients and cancer patients too. Yep, just no, no like real water gain, uh, dry protein, not a lot of significant change while you're on. But you don't lose it when you're off because it's yep. all dry protein that you're gaining as opposed to yep. these side effects Instead that people – like Anadrol. Yep. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, it just would have been more consistent lower doses year-round yep. as opposed to to these big surges and, and drops. And um, just gotten you know a, more of a consistent – because I'll tell you what, like I take shots and I just had worse sight pain than most people. I wouldn't be able to walk for a few well, did days. You know that? did you know that now you can take it in the fat? Yeah, so you, it's, you can it's like do a you joke, can yeah. do like a CC and do it like in your fat, like in your thigh or your waist, and because I mean I used to have horrible muscular, especially you get in the Mexican vet stuff. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, you couldn't even move half the time. I'd be rubbing like icy. Terrible, terrible. But yeah, I think that would probably be it. So that's well, that's probably if someone and, was hypothetically gonna do it. Uh, and I'm not, you know, this is a personal individual decision and I'm not advocating yes or no blood work before you start, uh, and blood work continuously while you're doing it Yep. and, um, know what sport you're competing in. Like I remember a buddy of mine who totally. did a strongman competition who did a steroid cycle, like a power lifter. And he wondered why he was gassing out. And I'm like, dude, you're on Anadrol and you're bloated. Yep. And you're competing in medleys. Like, and, and even with me, like I was taking Anadrol before powerlifting meets and I was trying to cut weight when I should have been taking Halo or Anavar or Winstrol and then taking, you know, Anadrol after I weighed in. So knowing and also figuring out what the rice dose is for you, start slow and then you, you know, might only need a little bit of help, you know, and then just, you know, kind of experiment and, uh, you know, um, but constantly and, and don't neglect self-care. That's the mistake I made because I felt so amazing. I was working 12 hour days plus competing. And because I was on drugs and I was taking, uh, you know, stimulants, I could do it. But guess what? I wasn't sleeping. Uh, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't resting enough. Uh, and I pushed through for like 10 years and then I ended up getting, you know, ultra colitis. Right. Um, so you can – I remember when I was bouncing in nightclubs, getting done my shift and taking like a little bit of growth hormone and taking testosterone and going, well, I didn't sleep, but good thing I'm getting it from a bottle. But yeah. it doesn't help your cognitive function. It, you know, you don't get that sleep. It doesn't help your digestion repair. Um, so 
make sure your lifestyle and if your lifestyle is really good and you're sleep styled in, you won't have to take as many drugs. Right. You know, so, you know, that's that's basically the, the bottom line and know why you're taking it. And is it worth the risk of getting arrested or getting in trouble or, yeah. you know, losing your job over? Um, that's kind of the, the deal. Um, that's basically what I would I would advocate to people is like, make sure you take your time, do your research, um, you know, find some people that you trust. And totally. do your blood work and make sure that you're, you're constantly getting your blood work checked so you're not, you know, doing anything stupid. And, and making sure that you're, you know, not putting your health at risk for a T-shirt. <laughs> well, hey, Jim, man, it's been great talking to you. I got to run, but as okay, always, dude. a pleasure. And um, we'll get it. we got to do this again. All right, man. We'll do it again. I'm sure we'll have plenty of questions after this one. All right, cool. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Pat had to jump off the call and the way my recorder is set up on Skype that uh, it only records when Skype is on. So uh, this is actually a couple days later. I had recorded an exit to the show uh, when Pat and I did it. And after kind of thinking about it for a couple days, I kind of decided I wanted to go back and and re-record it. Um, I think when you you talk about something like, like steroids, it's a really controversial issue. You have to kind of think about the mindset of an athlete is trying to push themselves uh, to their maximum limit. And, you know, Pat and I talked about the show before, a study they did with Olympic athletes that they, they said, hey, if you, get, you took this pill and you would win every, you know, every event that you did, um, but you would die like a year later or six months later. Uh, a, a vast majority of them said yes. And, you know, 10 years ago uh, at the end of my powerlifting career, um, if you'd have said, hey, take this pill, you'll squat 1,000 pounds, you'll bench, you know, this was equipped, uh, you'll bench 800 and you'll deadlift 700-plus pounds, but you'll die in, in a week. Uh, in the mindset that I was at at the time, I would have said, sign me up, absolutely, because that was what was most important to me at the time. And, and obviously, when I ended up getting sick and getting ulcerative colitis and almost dying from that, my mindset shifted a little more towards uh, longevity. So if you're out there and you're thinking about, you know, trying steroids or playing around with them, uh, there's a couple things I will say. Um, one, it's an individual decision uh, that you have to make for yourself. Two, it's highly illegal, which uh, I think Pat and I both would agree, which is doesn't really make any sense. It's unfortunate that you can't go to your doctor and talk to your doctor about this, especially with some of the things that uh, the massive amounts of prescription drug use or drug ad- addiction and abuse we see uh, in our country that they would ban something like that. It drives it underground and, you know, people are ordering it from labs overseas and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they can't consult with their doctor about it, which I think is unfortunate. So, and here's the thing that, that they work. They work phenomenally well. And when you feel, when you're on them, you feel invincible and you can overtrain. That's the whole point of taking drugs is so you can train harder than you would be able to naturally and recover and push your body beyond what it's capable so that it can adjust to that stress, and that's what it allows you to do. So I love sports cars. I love motorcycles. I love, uh, you know, I had an Audi S4. I've had Corvettes and muscle cars, and I, you know, I currently have a, a really fast uh, motorcycle. And... I'm reminded of what it's like when I go rent a car and it's like a four cylinder. 
Um, when you're used to driving a supercharged or a turbocharged engine, um, and then you go and drive like a four cylinder, um, it's not very much fun. So you have to live for the rest of your life knowing what it feels like to be supercharged or turbocharged. So that's always going to be in the back of your head. Also with cars, when you push performance, you up horsepower, you add superchargers, you add turbochargers. My Audi S4 was great, but my old changes were $125 a piece because you had to use this like super fancy, super synthetic oil that was really expensive. And it had like twice as much oil as a normal car because it has twin turbo. Um, and things break more on supercharged, turbocharged cars. Um, you know, they just have more power and you tend to drive them harder. So there's more maintenance. And then there's that factor as well. You know, obviously the potential side effects, which I think have been overblown, but they're there. And then there's also the point of if you do it for long enough, do you have to be on some sort of HRT for the rest of your life? And I think the jury's still out on that, whether keeping your hormones elevated as you age, if that's a good or a bad thing for longevity, I, I really don't know the answer to that question. I don't think, I think people can guess, and I, there's been some different research studies in that, and I wish Pat was around to kind of give his take on that, but uh, I'm not really sure um, if keeping your hormones uh, at a level when you were younger, uh, if that's good or bad. Um, I guess only time will tell, and, and but I will say, you know, betting against nature is probably but then again, our modern environment is causing us our testosterone to, to plummet. Um, so, you know, is it is it is it a good idea to supplement the fact that our environment's changed and we don't spend as much time in nature, so we have lower testosterone levels and lower hormone levels? I don't know. That's a good question. But hopefully, you'll put a lot of deep thought into this kind of stuff, and hopefully, Pat and I were able to challenge your thinking in certain ways as to you know, why this stuff is illegal or maybe to get into the mindset of somebody who has the strength bug. Um, and then, you know, on the other side of it too is like, are you competing in a sport that has drug testing? Um, that's a big pain in the butt to make sure your timing, you know, coming off your drugs or taking drugs that don't show up on drug tests. And, uh, you know, if you're not getting paid millions of dollars and having people help you with that, that's kind of a big, you know, a big deal. And the whole shame of if you do test positive. So, you know, if you do decide to do that stuff, you know, if you're powerlifting, compete against people that are doing uh, steroids as well. Don't compete in a non-drug-tested meet. I've seen guys do that, go to a non-drug-tested meet and then bomb out of the meet intentionally or underlift intentionally so they won't get drug-tested. That's just that's just ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. Um, things I would do differently, would I do it again looking back now? You know, it's a good question. Uh Obviously, with the health issues I've had with my colitis and then, you know, almost dying from a pedicure, um, I don't know if I've told that full story or not. Uh, I got one pedicure and ended up getting staph infection, and uh, I've been battling reoccurring um, infections for the last several years, and I've been doing some different things that I might talk about in the near future to help me negate that. But, um, you know, I... It's hard to say, like, my mindset back then, if I, if I did do it again... Um, I would definitely focus more on lifestyle um, because I kind of had the mindset that I was on these these drugs and I could just blast through everything. I remember taking, you know, shots after working a, an all night shift and being like, "Well, I don't have to really sleep because I'm on these on these hormones," and uh, that's not a good that's not a good mindset. And it's what led to me getting ulcerative colitis. 
uh, inflammatory bowel disease. But, um, you know, I would have definitely, uh, there's a few things I would do over. Um, one, I would compete in powerlifting in a raw federation that's more suitable to my style of lifting. Um, and raw wasn't really popular when I was competing. It was geared powerlifting was, was where it was at. And, uh, so that's where I competed. Um, and then, you know, if I'd have been smarter on my lifestyle, you know, I would have lasted longer and been healthier, but, um, you know, I learned a lot from it and I'm able to talk to kids and, and any kids. And, and, and it's not that, it's not that every kid, I, I probably had three or four kids in the last 10 years that have asked me about it, you know, but I'm able to help those three or four kids and, and tell them, Hey, I did this stuff. And, you know, this is what, you know, this is what it does. And, you know, you know, are you really willing to take the risk and, and, you know, get it, this stuff is illegal and give them advice so they can make the right decision for them. Um, um, but you know, I'm definitely not for just anybody jumping on that stuff. Uh, if you're, you're going to do that stuff, you, you need to be trying to push your performance to the maximum level. And for the average person that's just trying to look good and feel good, I don't think it's really worth it, but that's just my two cents. Uh, and, um, so I really appreciate listening to the show. Um, it'll be interesting to get some feedback on this. You know, if you really enjoy Pat and I, uh, doing our, doing the show together, I, I really ha- like having him on and he's, uh, seems to be open to coming on again. So, uh, happy, we'd be happy to do a Q and a session. So go ahead and blast your emails in and, and give us some questions. Uh, I think it would be a great discussion, uh, for the both of us to go around and around on some different topics especially Pat because he's so blunt and so honest, which is very refreshing. So thanks for listening to me ramble. And once again, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Jim Laird Show brought to you by Body IOFM. You've been listening to the Jim Laird Show with your host, Jim Laird. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. Don't miss the next episode of The Jim Laird Show when he'll probably say something inappropriate but unexpectedly insightful. (laughs) 